Welcome to the Dr. Katie Show. Free career advice for the people because everybody deserves a better work experience. Call in to receive free career advice from Dr. Katie Revere, an experienced career coach and organizational psychologist. Dr. Katie has nearly 20 years of corporate business experience across various industries and divisions. She works with individuals, executives, and teams to create innovative, human-centered solutions to improve the workplace experience. Now here's Dr. Katie. Hello and good afternoon. You are now listening to the Dr. Katie Show. I am uh, Katie Rovere, your host, and we have a super exciting topic, super exciting day for you all today, and a special guest. Our topic today is gender, gender dynamics in the workplace. How do the sexes interact at work, and what are some of the um, downstream impacts of the ways that we interact? What are those human behaviors that we demonstrate and how do they uh, cause complications and experiences that are not so great? So we have a special guest today. Her name is Dr. Victoria Hendrickson. She's on the line. How are you doing, Victoria? I'm good. Thanks so much for having me today. Looking forward to, to talking about this with you and your listeners. We are too. And a little bit about Victoria. Uh, Dr. Hendrickson is an external consultant. Uh, she is also an organizational psychologist, a longtime friend of mine, and uh, somebody who I have always fiercely, fiercely admired. Um, I tell you, Dr. Hendrickson, every time I'm dealing with something in my work experience or uh, even something more on the academic side, I would always seek your advice. I would always go to you and you always offered me uh, something that I just didn't have inside myself. So I think this is gonna be a great treat for our listeners today. Uh, you are going to bring a different dynamic to the show and I'm, I'm super excited about that. You've got consulting experience across various industries, right? Yep, yep, absolutely and I mean, Thank you. Likewise, I, I really enjoy working with you. And I think we, we bring different backgrounds and, and different approaches to this kind of work. So I, I do different kinds of consulting, um, primarily at the organizational level, sometimes with um, leaders and, and teams as well. But I've over the years gotten a, a good look at um, different cultures and dynamics uh, across the globe and, and kind of how they, they come up different ways, depending on the kinds of work people do. Yeah, I'm sure. And, you know, being here in the Bay Area, there's so many industries. I know you're located here in the Bay Area as well, but, you know, anywhere from manufacturing to tech to nonprofits, I mean, anything, startups, there's a, a big variety of types of companies and the types of people that work at those companies uh, bring different dynamics. So very excited to bring mm -hmm. the topic the topic of gender to the call today, because in my coaching practice and in my consulting practice, I, there is something that always tends to come up. I hear people ask questions about, you know, is it okay that I feel this way? I'm the only man in my group, but I, I don't really feel like I have a say or vice versa. I'm the only woman in my group. So I think there's one, I think it'd be really important for us to define gender dynamics um, for the audience, for our listeners, and two, talk about what's really going on in the world today uh, with respect to gender dynamics. So can you help us? Can you help us carve out a definition for gender dynamics for the listeners today? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that's a great place to start because in, in a way, we all have a picture of what it is in our head, but um, we want to kind of start from the same place before we lay out this conversation today. So you know, when, when people are born, we're, we're born with a, a physical sex, and that has to do with parts and hormones. And, you know, generally in our culture, we have a, a gender identity that matches that. So, you know, we're, if we're you know, born as a female and we identify as female, that leads us to, to learn certain behaviors and expectations and, and ways of interacting with people 
long before we even enter the workplace. So if you think about, you know, how long you have to be kind of indoctrinated with um, what's expected of you, depending on your gender is, you know, female, male, or um, perhaps something else. Um, those things are, are really ingrained in you for at least 18 years before you enter the workforce. And then they continue um, to, to do so. So by the time we get to the workforce, we have these expectations of, of maybe, um, you know, what women do at work, how they behave, how, how men and women interact in different ways, what kinds of power and expertise each might hold. So, you know, when we, we talk about the ways the, the different genders interact at work, it's not always a function of the work itself, um, but all of these things started, you know, so much earlier. We're, we're bringing these ideas of who we are, um, you know, based on our, our lives with us to work. Yeah. Um, so, so there's a lot of confounds of, you know, what has to do with the work itself versus what we're, we're bringing from all of those years before we got there. Yeah. And we, and that's how we show up when we get there and the interactions, you know, the individual, individual interactions that we have from a day-to-day basis, they manifest in many different ways, which we're going to get into, like, what is that real, you know, personal experience that each one of us is having. But I think it would be great to elevate a little bit is what's really going on in the environment right now. So we hear Mm -hmm. about, you know, there's not very many uh, CEOs that are women. And that's a that's a problem. We hear about harassment in the workplace, you know, there's all sorts of lawsuits popping up here and there. So I'm curious, from your perspective, what sort of things are you seeing in our culture right now and as it relates to gender and dynamics and how would you how can you help us frame like really what's the context around gender dynamics in the world today yeah absolutely so i think now is a really great time to be talking about this there are so many changes in our kind of social landscape political landscape that are affecting all of us as people and then coming into the workplace. So, so there are a lot of things at play right now, but, you know, ultimately if, if we look at um, the makeup of our workforce and especially, you know, what the leadership level looks like, it is largely representative of, of white males. Um, and some of that has to do with what we were talking about earlier and, you know, um, perhaps paths that were encouraged earlier in life. Um, but it also has to do with different kinds of discrimination that happen in the workplace, different kinds of support systems that are are available to to different groups of people. So we see a, a huge underrepresentation of of women in in areas of power in the workforce. So um, you mentioned CEOs. Only six percent of Fortune 500 companies have a a, a female CEO, um, and and those women that do get to to powerful roles, you know, whether it's it's a leadership role or a, you know, technical expert, um, they're often very alone and it's, it's a, a tough place to be. Um, we see that women who are the only female in their group are 50% more likely to leave that job than their counterparts who have other women in their group. So that speaks to the kind of support and, and feeling included and feeling like you can really thrive in the group. So um, you know, I'm, I'm giving you these kinds of stats to say, you know, these are issues we've been talking about for a while, but it's, it's still very prevalent, mm-hmm. um, even though this is 2019. But I, I do see a lot of change and, and the issues are becoming um, discussed. Like we see a record number of, of females represented in the House, 23%, 25% in the Senate. So, so there's a lot more momentum than before. Yeah. yeah. And what do you think that's attributed to? Oh, that's a tough question. Um, I think some of it has to do with our broader um, landscape, you know, that in this last election, you know, uh, people became um, outraged at, at, at the way that people in power speak about women and refer to women. And and I say people because it's not just women who are upset about this and, and women certainly can't, you know, fix this alone. Um, if, if we could, we might, we might have a long time ago. Um, but I, I think women and men both see the, the discrepancies that are, are impacting our world on a larger scale and, and they're taking it into their own hands where they can. And often that's at work. That's where we spend a lot of our lives and, and where we can apply our expertise. So there's a lot more energy of, of we've got to address this. It's, it's got to be a better place for us to be. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think 
I, I do, I am curious. I mean, you mentioned the government aspect, but I am curious about actual businesses and industries. Mm-hmm. Are you seeing in your experience as a consultant, are there particular industries that are doing better in this area than others or worse than others? I would say tech is a, a um, maybe a, a place where it's louder than others right now. Um, a, a lot of people were perhaps familiar with the Google manifesto and um, a lot of me too came, came from not only the entertainment industry, but the tech industry. There's also a book called Brotopia that was, was recently released that goes through um, some of the, the things that have happened in the tech industry in regards to um, gender dynamics. So, so it's, not that this only happens in the tech industry, but I would say there's a bigger spotlight on it in the industry. So organizations are in the tech industry are paying more attention to it. Even those that haven't had issues, I think are realizing, okay, this, this can happen to us. This is, is not something that was you know, put behind us a long time ago. This is happening. It's happening to our competitors. It's a matter of time before it happens to us. So they're um, you know, trying to be proactive. So I see a lot more training on unconscious bias. I see a lot more measurement of diversity and inclusion. Mm. So you, know, you, you don't know what you need to improve and, until you start measuring it. And, and so I, I have a lot of respect for those organizations that are proactively trying to, to understand where they're starting from. Yeah, that's great that you're seeing that out there. Um, and, you know, I, I got to say, like you mentioned the book Brotopia, like, you know, I, I come from a background of working, you know, most of the departments I've worked in have been made up of mostly women. So I've been mm-hmm. fortunate. I have had a lot of experiences with gender like related experiences, but, you know, with, with, male counterparts or men in power have had, you know, some experiences there that weren't awesome, but I've also had a lot of really great experiences working with men. And, um, but I will say my experience is limited, uh, personally. I mean, I've, I, my, the most recent team I worked on was made up of mostly women. There was only one man on the Mm -hmm. team. So, you know, I, I'm so excited to have this opposite perspective on the call to to understand, you know, what's that broader context. And I would love to hear from our listeners today. Um, We are available to take live calls uh, as always on the Dr. Katie show and um, going to be, I think moving into a break right now, but when we get back, we're going to talk about what are some common experiences that are out there, take some live callers and kind of dig into this topic of gender in the workplace a little bit more deeply. So thanks for listening and uh, we'll be back right after this break. a crappy work experience, the complexity of the work environment can undermine your efforts and create a crappy work experience for you and your team. Develop a thoughtful approach to managing the complexity so you could be a better leader. Book a private coaching session with Dr. Katie Rovere to unmask your blind spots for a better work experience. Act now because everyone deserves a better work experience. Visit betterworkexperience.com to book a private session with Dr. Katie Rovere to unmask your blind spots through a transformative coaching experience. Listen to live career advice on The Dr. Katie Show Thursdays from noon to 1 p.m. right here on Alternative Talk 1150. Make us part of your daily routine. Alternative Talk 1150. Hey, we're back with the Dr. Katie show. This is our third episode. And today our topic is gender dynamics. Oh, working in the workplace. You come in contact with all sorts of people and uh, men, women or other. And 
we all come with our gender identity uh, to the workplace and that manifests and we experience each other uh, in many ways as a result of that identity that we bring with us. And sometimes it can complicate things and it makes things a little challenging or it makes things easier. Uh, we have a special guest today on the Dr. Katie Show, Dr. Victoria Hendrickson. She is also an organizational psychologist like myself, and we are just coming back from a break and uh, off of a conversation of what is gender dynamics and what's the context out there. Now we're going to jump into what are some common questions out there. I want to remind everyone that um, every week, the Dr. Katie Show, you can call in and get live career advice. So the phone lines are open. But to start, what we wanted to do is kick off us uh, answering some common questions um, that we actually had come through on our email list. So uh, we're going to kick off a dialogue around some of these questions that we got. And the first one is from Mary. And Mary is from New Mexico. Uh, Mary writes in and says, I am the only woman in my group and I often feel left out. Uh, she says she wants to raise the issue, but I don't want to be quote unquote that woman or for people to walk on eggshells around me in the future. What do I do next? So this is, this is an interesting question. Um, I think Victoria, I'm curious where your thoughts, my immediate reaction to this would be, you know, speak up, find, find a safe place to speak up. Um, and ideally talk to your manager, hopefully, you know, if you're, since you're the only woman in your group, um, your manager, I, I would assume is also, uh, a male. So, you know, try and go talk to him and say, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm not feeling super comfortable. I'm feeling kind of left out often. Um, but I think it's important that you speak to your manager um, so that they can advocate for you and build something positive from there. Um, Victoria, would you add anything to that? Did I, am I leaving anything out? What do you, do you think there's something else we mm -hmm. should know? Yeah, I think this is a great question and it's one that comes up often. I totally agree. You know, talk to your manager, see how they can bring you in in a comfortable way. Um, you know, and I also want to say this is one of those questions where, you know, it's uncomfortable, but but at this point, you know, based on the question you read, Katie, I, no one's done anything wrong. It, it, it's we want to move forward in a better way. So if the woman in this case feels comfortable, um, so, you know, Mary, if you're in a place where um, you just want to build closer relationships, I would say, you know, if it's, if it's too intimidating to start with the whole group, you know, let's say the whole group um, goes on activities that don't really, you know, appeal to you or, you know, has, has other things they bond over, try building relationships with particular people on your team one-on-one -on -one first. Um, maybe there's something you can connect with that you've, you've heard about, you know, this is crazy. Start with connecting about the work if, if that's where you feel most comfortable. Um, and then, you know, when you think about the group as a whole, maybe you can organize something that you feel comfortable with. Mm. So you can, can start to invite people to come along with you instead of trying to force yourself to fit in with what they like to do. Um, you don't have to fit in with what they like to do, but you can find other ways to connect. So what's an example of what Mary could do? I mean, I like your suggestion for sure about connecting around the work because I think, you know, that's what they're there to do. They're there to get their job done. Uh, so that's the most appropriate topic for them to connect on. Mm -hmm. But when we think about other ways that she could relate, I mean, if she's not a sports fan or, you know, I don't know, if she does, doesn't connect with them, what's a, what's something that she could organize? Is there some ideas oh my that gosh. you can think of? Yeah. And, and here, you know, I'm going to come out as, as the foodie, everybody eats lunch, <laughs> go to lunch <laughs> together, bond over, you know, what, what people like, everybody has opinions about food. Um, so, you know, it can start with organizing a lunch in the middle of the day while you're all there and, and have to eat. Um, if, if you guys, want to get together for happy hour kinds of things afterwards, you know, same thing, and just learn about their lives. You know, the, 
someone told me once, you know, a, a great question to, to ask at a, a party where you don't know anyone is what keeps you busy? So even if you don't know anything oh. about their extracurriculars, you don't know what they do outside of work. You have no idea what their family's like. What keeps you busy? Everybody's always busy. And people will tell you all about it. And, and you can, I, I bet she finds something to connect with, with each person on her team. And, and also, she doesn't have to be best friends with everyone on her team. Connect with a couple people, get to know them better. And, and I bet that would, would help her feel a little more connected. I think that's awesome. What keeps you busy? I think that's a great question to start with. So Mary, if you're listening, uh, hopefully that was helpful. If you need some follow-up advice on that or have a follow-up question, you're welcome to call into the show. Um, we're going to move on to our next uh, question. This is from Shay in Colorado. And uh, this question says, the men around me are clueless. They mean well, but they make sexist jokes all the time. And I think it's without realizing it. How do I get them to stop? I want to be, or excuse me, I want this to be a more inviting place for other women. This is a complicated one because there's actually an incident uh, or multiple incidences uh, going on. And it looks like Shay that there's other women that you think are being affected based on you being, you know, wanting to invite it to be an inviting place for other women. You know, what my, my gut reaction on this question is in the moment you need to ask them to stop. I think the most important thing is to call them out and be specific when that happens. Um, you know, if it's as, as close to the event as possible. And of course, if you feel comfortable and safe saying something, um, because that what can be called, that's something that can be called a teaching moment. And maybe they don't understand that the comments are sexist and that they're offensive. Um, that's just my gut reaction. I don't know, Victoria, how you might follow up with additional advice on that, but. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is one I've, I've struggled with. I'm, I'm often one of few or you know, the only woman in the room. So, so people just make, make jokes and they think they're okay. And, and often in the past, I, I sort of didn't know what to say until a couple hours later. Um, so, you know, as an example, I, I had one guy say something about Victoria's Secret and then kind of look at me like, oh, wait a second. Um, and, and it was horrible, oh. right? And, and so I talked to a female mentor of mine, like, what, what do I do in that moment? I want to say something, but, but what do I do? And her advice to me was, and again, if, if you feel safe, if you, if you want to do this, you say, that wasn't funny. Want to try again? Um, so it's a direct, <laughs> like, nope, that's not going, that's not happening here. That is not appropriate. I get that you were trying to be funny, but I am not letting that go. So Shay, I would, would put this in your pocket. Just that's not funny. Want to try again? Um, and then I also want to emphasize a point you said, Katie, that's, that's if you feel safe. If you don't feel safe, write down what it was because you do want to get the exact phrasing and take it to HR and, and let them handle it. But um, you, you do want to move forward or you know, do, do something about the comment when it happens because it sounds like it's not getting better on its own. Yeah, and that's a hard one because... Yeah. Got to go with your instincts on that one, but definitely have the presence of mind in that moment to call, call them out on it. Um, in that moment, for sure. You're going to want to do that. Excellent. So I think we, we've got one more break coming up, but we, but we do have one other question from Terry. Um, this is another a question from a woman experiencing um, not being taken seriously at work. And Terry's up in Seattle. She said, men assume I'm someone's assistant. Ugh. They question my ideas much more thoroughly than each other's and often overly explain simple details to me. How do I get them to see me as a peer? Yikes. This one kind of sounds like what mansplaining is. I, I, I think, I think this sounds like mansplaining where, you know, if someone's overly explaining simple details, um, mm -hmm. I don't know. This is a tough one. I, I, I think we should think on this one for just a little bit. We'll head to a quick break and we'll be back with Terry answering Terry's question from, from in Seattle. 
but I think this is one of mansplaining. So we'll be right back. Having a crappy work experience, the complexity of the work environment can undermine your efforts and create a crappy work experience for you and your team. Develop a thoughtful approach to managing the complexity so you could be a better leader. Book a private coaching session with Dr. Katie Rovere to unmask your blind spots for a better work experience. Act now because everyone deserves a better work experience. Visit betterworkexperience.com to book a private session with Dr. Katie Rovere to unmask your blind spots through a transformative coaching experience. Listen to live career advice on The Dr. Katie Show, Thursdays from noon to 1 p.m., right here on Alternative Talk 1150. Wherever you go, Alternative Talk 1150 is here for you. Welcome back to The Dr. Katie Show. I am Dr. Katie Rovere. You are listening to the show free career advice for the people because everyone deserves a better work experience. I am so excited today to um, have a special guest inside inside our satellite office. We have uh, Dr. Victoria Hendrickson with us and we are talking about gender dynamics today. And right before the break, we were uh, reading a question from our email uh, list that is a, a woman named Terry. She's calling in from, C- or she wrote us from Seattle and she's uh, telling us about how she's not feeling like she's being taken seriously at work. And actually, specifically the men um, in the office assume, or when they meet her for the first time, that she's someone's assistant. They que- She says, they question my ideas much more thoroughly than each other's and often over overly explain simple details to me. How do I get them to see me as a peer. So my instinct was telling me that this, this is almost like mansplaining, um, that experience where, you know, just because you're a woman, somebody's like knee jerk reaction is to, uh, overly explain something super simple or assume that you don't know without treating you equally. And I feel like that's something that's super energetic that, you can feel when you're in those moments. Um, but Dr. Victoria Hendrickson, uh, you chime in here because I know you've had a lot Mm -hmm. of experience and exposure, uh, for, um, many different industries across the board. And I'm sure you've come across this question in a previous, um, engagement with a client. So what are you, what do you take, uh, what's your take on this and what should, what's some advice that we can give Terry today? Yeah, yeah, a couple of different things here, and, and and first thing to say is I totally agree. This does sound like mansplaining, so I'm, I'm glad Terry wrote in with this because I, I think it happens a lot, um, and it's one of those microaggressions that you know there's nothing horribly um, egregious about each of these interactions, but when they start to happen all the time, they just stack up, and and it it really feels bad. So to me, mansplaining is, is this condescending tone and, and kind of the assumption that people need to, to overly explain things to you or um, it, it's like they assume you need extra help. And, you know, women in, in their roles are, are very capable and there's no need to, to assume that they need extra help or explanations. And I think uh, I, I agree with what you said, that you can feel the energy that it's, it's almost this turning to you and saying, I'm going to give you this extra leg up because I think you need it. And, and the man yeah. might actually think that he is being helpful. So it's, um, it's, it's tough to identify the intent. But, you know, you, you asked how I've, I've seen or felt this in different ways. I'll start with personal experience. Um, I mentioned earlier that often I'm the only woman in the room or one of few women in the room. I'm almost always the only woman of my age in a room. So, you know, when you bring those two together, people often assume that I'm some kind of supporting role. Right. So, you know, early in my career, when I would go to presentations with my, you know, older white male boss, the assumption was I'm there to set up his computer or something. And so people <laughs> would know, okay, like you can sit off on the edge and, and I'll, here's, here's all the cables, here's how you get everything set up and um you know at first i think he he would 
wasn't quite sure what was happening. And then once we had had a discussion about it, he would almost like turning the tables on them, like let them start and then say, oh no, Victoria's leading today. Where, where do I sit? Just to see the look on their face when, when they realize awesome. what they did. Um, and, and so part of the reason I bring that up is, you know, he's a great advocate for me. So whether it's something silly in the room of, of turning the tables like that, or, you know, um, in conversations, making sure to, to refer back to my ideas as mine, he's an advocate for, you know, me being, having power in my role and, and owning my ideas. And so that's, um, something that I, I think Carrie can look for is who can be that advocate for her. And that might take right. a little while to figure out, but who's someone that she can kind of confide in and say, you know, I, I had all these ideas, but, but no one's really listening to me. Can you help me get into that conversation? So, you know, as an example, sometimes I'll make a point on a call with a, a client and, and no one will really hear it. They'll keep talking. So what my boss might do is, is, Say, you know, like as Victoria said, and he'll refer back to it to my point, but but he'll refer to it as mine and maybe extend it so that he's he's saying something else, but but still letting me own that. So you know, Such a great my advocate. my advice exactly. So you know, advice for everyone on the phone is if you're in the position to be an advocate for someone, um, do it. You know, find ways to to help people get their voice out there. And, and to find a little more support. We've all sat in a conference room where someone has a good idea and they're trying to get in, trying to get in, but just you know can't quite break that barrier. So make some space for them if you're in a position to do so. And if you're that person trying to, to cross that barrier and, and get in or um, be a little more direct with your ideas, you know, find that advocate who can make an opening for you, practice, um, think about your audience. And, and yeah, it does kind of suck that women might have to be a, a little more planful about their preparation and make sure that they are over planning to make sure they're heard. But before we change the workplace, oh, you know, that's not going to happen overnight. We want to make sure we can be effective. So I would say over plan, find that advocate and, um, and keep at it. You know, it, it isn't going to happen overnight. It isn't going to be easy, but um, keep at it. You've, you've got it. It's, it's just sometimes take some time. Yeah. And I do, I do want to address something too for Terry um, and others out there who might have been assumed to be the assistant or the, the intern or the IT person. Um, you know, gosh, where my mind went was, well, maybe I'm doing it wrong. Maybe I'm showing up wrong. Um, and I feel like sometimes when we have these experiences, there, they make us think we're making a mistake and that's what's causing this person to think I'm the assistant. Like maybe I'm not dressed professionally enough or uh, maybe I'm not speaking appropriately or I don't sound competent and that's why they, they don't see me that way. Um, that's where I go, <laughs> but I, you know, I have to work, I work every day at my self-confidence and, and self-love. So, you know, I have a tendency to go to that place, but I always pull myself back out because I've been, you know, working on that for a long time now. But for those of you out there who may have a similar thought, thought process, I just want to offer and say, you're doing it right. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. And just keep, keep, keep doing it the way you're doing it. You're not doing anything wrong, but it's just, you know, we all walk around the world with our, those ideas about the world and the way people are. So if somebody else is having an experience and seeing you in a way that, um, and projecting that onto you, you know, don't take that personally. Um, still, go find an advocate and see who can help advocate for you and advocate for your ideas and help support you in those meetings, just as Victoria was saying, but also no, you're not doing anything wrong. You know, keep doing you and own, own your, your, um, your voice and your presence in, in that environment. Um, on the flip side, I, I had an experience with a friend of mine who is, um, I, you know, I talk about the show a lot, um, in my, my community and my network. And one of the friends of mine, 
um, said he had an experience uh, where he was actually on the opposite end of the spectrum. So whereas Terry was the one sort of feeling like she was mansplained, if you will, um, this particular guy was saying that he was in a meeting and he was a, it was a work transition meeting where his portfolio or he was receiving a new portfolio of work from somebody who was leaving the department. And there was a work transition meeting. We've all been in them before where there's three people sitting in the room. You're taking on a new workload. Maybe the, the second person is your manager, some supervisor. And then there's the person's workload who you're receiving. So he was in that scenario and uh, they went through the whole meeting. They're sitting there for an hour talking about the details of this uh, customer portfolio that he'd be taking over. And then he said at the end of the meeting, he concluded with a recap, restating the work, you know, the way he heard and understood uh, what would be becoming his new, you know, portfolio. And he said he just recapped it real quick. And then at the end of uh, what he said, the, the woman in the room, uh, the younger woman in the room said, you just mansplained me. And he, he didn't understand what happened. He felt like he couldn't even really rebut or say anything after that. He was like walking on eggshells. So his, his question or more or less his advice, uh, seeking advice was like, how do I handle this? What do I do? Mm -hmm. I, I wasn't trying to be disrespectful. I didn't mean to mansplain. Did I even mansplain? He was going through all these different questions in his head. So curious from your perspective, Victoria, what can a guy do uh, in that, in, in circumstances like that, where they're, they're not, there's no ill intention, but somebody on the opposite end is having this experience, you know, what can, what um, advice can we offer him? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, and it, it really does sound like he was, was coming from a good place. Um, since we weren't in that meeting, it's hard to know, you know, it, was it mansplaining? What did he do? But, you know, he's at this place where he, he had good intent and he might feel like he's in a rocky place with his coworker now who, who he's honestly, you know, just trying to be effective with. So um, first I'll address maybe what he might do moving forward. And then, you know, maybe we'll step back and, and think about if he finds himself in that moment again, um, a possible scenario. So, you know, at this point, feelings are hurt. You know, they, they had different understandings of the situation. They're going to be working together. So I, I think he should address it directly. Um, and I, I think he should use some of the language the woman brought up to make sure, you know, she at least feels hurt. Like, look, I feel, I, I understand you felt I mansplained you. Um, I understand you, you felt maybe I was over explaining things. And then he can explain his own intent of he was getting this portfolio of work and trying to understand it. Um, his intention wasn't to mansplain her. And I, I think one thing that um, is important in this is like, I have a lot of respect for you and your work. Um, often if I'm mansplained or hearing from women who feel like they were mansplained, there's this underlying sense of they don't respect my work. They don't respect my expertise. They don't think I'm good enough. They think they're better than they're mansplaining me. So if there's some way to say, look, I, I respect what you do. You're great. Um, that might get at some of the underlying components there and just set them on a good place moving forward. You know, whether it was mansplaining or not, they'll, they'll be a little better aligned moving forward. Um, in the future, as far as if you feel like you might be in a place where, ooh, you know, am I mansplaining or could someone interpret this as mansplaining? I think a lot of it is about intent and assumptions. Um, the, for me, the big red flag with mansplaining is someone assumes I don't understand or someone assumes I need extra help. So if you start to find yourself overly explaining something, stop, like ask the people you're with, do you, do you want me to dive into more detail? Do you already, you know, do you have the background on this? What would be useful to you? And, and they might say, Oh, I really do need that detail. Tell me more. Or they might say, you, you know, thank you. But what would actually be helpful is X. And, and go from there, because if you really are trying to be helpful, then, you know, that bring that person into it. Yep. Yeah, yep, that exactly. Will, 
Yeah, that would definitely shine through. And it's almost, isn't mansplaining sexist <laughs> in its own right? Um, yeah. I, you know, I kind of, I feel for the guys out there because to a certain degree, it's like, yeah, you know, it's good to be aware and of the dynamics in the workplace between men and women, but also, you know, you know, women can over explain or treat men in a way that makes them feel like less than too. So I think just having empathy and kindness for everybody that we work around is incredibly important and, you know, more power to you for taking that approach in the work environment and, you know, continuing to, um, like you said, ask questions. Do you have the background in this? Um, do you want me to dive deeper? Is this a good place for us to start at? I think those are really good questions to start with. So really happy we were able to touch on that topic and we are ready to go back for uh, a break and we'll be right back with the Dr. Katie show. Having a crappy work experience, the complexity of the work environment can undermine your efforts and create a crappy work experience for you and your team. Develop a thoughtful approach to managing the complexity so you could be a better leader. Book a private coaching session with Dr. Katie Rovere to unmask your blind spots for a better work experience. Act now because everyone deserves a better work experience. Visit betterworkexperience.com to book a private session with Dr. Katie Rovere to unmask your blind spots through a transformative coaching experience. Listen to live career advice on The Dr. Katie Show, Thursdays from noon to 1 p.m. right here on Alternative Talk 1150. Conversation you won't find on the rest of the dial. Alternative Talk 1150. Hey, welcome back to the Dr. Katie show. I am your host, Dr. Katie Rovier, and you are listening to live career advice for the people because everybody deserves a better work experience. We have a special guest here today, Dr. Victoria Hendrickson, and we are talking about the very complex uh, topic of gender in the workplace, gender dynamics, how it manifests, how it shows up. And uh, we are taking calls from our, excuse me, questions from our email list today. And we have time for one more question and hopefully we have enough time to jump in um, a little bit more. And this one's actually from Anonymous from the San Francisco Bay Area. Um, and they write, Anonymous writes in, um, there is a trans person on our floor. This is a man transitioning to a woman. Uh, Jeffrey now wants to be called Teresa. And um, Anonymous writes in, I got thrown off when I saw a man in a dress in the kitchen. And then later I saw in, uh, her in the women's bathroom. I don't want to be rude, but it makes me uncomfortable to be around her when, what's even the right way to address somebody with this lifestyle? Does this mean this, this person is gay? Should I be worried that the person is attracted to me? So, you know, I, first of all, very brave for your question. Um, I was feeling a little bit, you know, is this, is this a good question to answer on the air? Because it feels like it's such a sensitive topic. Um, but I think it's appropriate to bring it up, um, especially with Dr. Hendrickson on the phone to help me round out a really good response uh, for, for somebody who's thinking these things and experiencing this in the workplace. You know, the first place I go is just talk to the person. They're a human being. They are a person, um, you know, ask them, how do they want to be addressed? Learn about their lifestyle, you know, learn about who they are as a person. And if they want to discuss their lifestyle and their choice, that's great, but it's not their responsibility to teach you about trans life. Um, you know, the other thing is if, if you're uncomfortable, they can probably sense that. Um, and, you know, it's, it's important to 
know that if you're uncomfortable, they're probably uncomfortable. So if you want to just have a conversation with the person, that's probably a really, really good place to start. Um, I, Victoria, how would you round out um, some advice for, for this person? I think that's really good advice. And, and first of all, I want to echo um, kind of the importance of this question. I think it's one that, you know, not everyone on the phone has probably experienced, but uh, our culture is getting more comfortable with uh, more non-binary gender identities. And, and there, this is going to become more common. So we need to, to be ready to, to, re to react and um, to interact with people in a, a kind and empathetic way, even if they don't fit into the boxes we're used to at work. So, you know, I agree. Talk to the person. What do they want to be called? Well, it sounds like this person wants to be called Teresa. So, so call them Teresa. Um, I, I think another common thing to ask is what are your pronouns? Um, I think organizations today are also doing a better job of um, making it more, you know, accessible to tell people what your pronouns are or to bring up the conversation. So two companies that come to mind for me are you know, Salesforce and um, GlaxoSmithKline. Um, they both have programs where um, people state their pronouns. So for example, in signature lines, um, mm, a lot that. of people have, have preferred pronouns. And guess what? Like even it's not just for people who are in a, a non-binary um, identification or something that's um, new, just for everyone to put what their pronouns are so that it becomes a normalized thing to name, you know what, my pronouns are her, you know, uh, so that it's not difficult for someone who is transitioning to bring up, okay, now my pronouns are different. So I'm not suggesting that everyone listening today goes and, and starts, you know, placing their pronoun out there, um, publicly, maybe some of you will, and that's great. But I think just a, a greater sense of, of this is something to, to put out there and, and have as a normal part of conversation, even if you're, you do fit in a box, you know, that um, makes it a, a, an easier thing for other people to, to bring up and talk about. Um, you know, the, the other part of the question addressed the bathroom, you know, so I think the, the earlier stuff you brought up, Katie, right. is um, you know, on point as far as, you know, work together with this person as a person, be empathetic. Um, you know, if there are things about the bathroom or, or thing, uh, I think that's a, an area where you don't address it with the person one-on-one. -on -one. I don't see how that could end well. I think that only makes people more uncomfortable, uh, even if that's not your intent. So that's where you do just go to HR and say, this is what happened and I'm not sure what's appropriate and not, and they will do the work there. You know, that's, that's right. what HR is there for to, to help you understand, you know, what has been agreed upon and, and to decide, you know, what was appropriate. Did, did something wrong happen? Um, and that's also a place where, you know, state by state, there are different regulations. So I would just underscore the point of this is a person, um, be kind, be empathetic, and and try not to think of it as a, a wholly different work experience. This is just another person you work with. Yeah, and they're not aliens, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like they And what a scary place uh, it could be for a trans person in the work world today. And, you know, you, you still have to work. Everybody has to work. And, you know, for someone to enter the workplace and be, you know, outwardly transitioning is so courageous and so bold and should absolutely be celebrated. And, you know, I don't know. And I, it would, it would be based on that person's preference, right? Like if they wanted, mm -hmm. they wanted it to be celebrated or not, I think, you know, it's not their job to teach the department or the team about, you know, the, what it's like to transition or that experience. But if that's something the person feels comfortable and confident sharing, it would help them through that, you know, huge life change for them. I think that that could be great as well. Um, but yes, have empathy, be kind and know when it's time to talk to HR, you know, if, if it's a situation that you're uncomfortable with, you know, Victoria and I, we are not HR lawyers. Um, and, but there are HR human resources professionals in every organization with two or more employees. So there should absolutely be someone there to talk to if you come across a situation that you can't handle. And if you're on the other side and you're the trans person who is experiencing 
um, you know, adverse reactions or harassment or any kinds of things that make your work experience really crappy, you know, you need to find your allies and you need to be able to go to HR as well. So it's a, you know, it's two way street for sure. So, um, you know, Hopefully that was helpful for you, Anonymous. Uh, really good question and glad we had time to, to discuss the topic uh, today under our umbrella topic of gender dynamics. You know, in the last like couple minutes of the show, I just wanna address this other question that came in from Beverly uh, in Oakland, California. She writes in and she asks, I'm in meetings with senior leaders all the time who of course, happen to be men, they always talk about sports for the first few minutes of a meeting. And I feel left out. They also use sports references and analogies in meetings, and I don't understand them always. And I've had to ask, what does that mean? Or I've even been laughed at and I feel completely humiliated. What do I do? Oh my gosh. Like I can totally relate to this question personally, you guys, you know, or gals, gals and guys, uh, I'm not a sports person. I try to be, I, I was growing up. My dad loves hockey, uh, basketball, my brother's super into it and they have that special bond, but it's really not something that I follow local teams, but I have been in meetings with, uh, CEOs and senior vice presidents where the first several minutes of a meeting, they're talking about the recent Warriors game, you know, and I'm just sitting there like, okay, when are we going to start talking about the things that I've been preparing for a week <laughs> to talk about? So I don't know, Victoria, what do you think? Uh, any, <laughs> any ideas of what this person can, can do in these, in these moments where these sports analogies are being used? Oh, I totally relate. Not a sports fan either. So um, one thing, and, and this is, you know, if, if you're comfortable kind of pointing it out to the people who are doing it to, to move off the sports and into the agenda <laughs> is to go uh, like, oh, sports, you know, I have no idea. So there's this, there's even this term in my company. Sometimes we'll go, oh, sports ball. And, and what that means is it's a sport with a ball, but, you know, I don't understand. I, I don't follow it. You know, I don't know what's happening. So just some kind of um, interjection to point out, like we're talking about sports and that doesn't involve all of us. Let's move forward. Yeah. Um, it doesn't have to be heavy, so point no. it out. Yeah, and I think that's great. So if, you, if you're a guy or you're anyone and you're using some sports references in your next meeting at the beginning of a call, make sure everyone feels included uh, because we want everyone to have a better work experience. So you can find me at uh, betterworkexperience.com. This is Dr. Katie Rovere, and that's our show for today. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Music.